Welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. Grateful that you've tuned in today. Thank you. You could be doing other things with your time right now, but you have chosen to take a few minutes and uh, join us as we talk about kingdom stuff. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I want to say hi. My name is Jeff Lyle, and I'm not sure how you found Mavericks and Misfits, but I'm grateful that you did. Um, it's a very simple podcast. Uh, we are not like super cool. I don't think we're really cutting edge. I'm not trying to offer you something that um, nobody else has ever done. There are people that are gifted and equipped to do that, but man, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. I'm like, let's talk about the things of God. Let's examine our hearts. Let's see if Holy Spirit um, puts his finger on anything that needs to be changed, and let's come into agreement with that, and then let's do it all over again next week about a different topic. Um, The Apostle John wrote in one of his little letters, he said that he had no greater joy than to know that his children were walking in truth. He was talking about spiritual children. And whereas I'm not necessarily anybody's spiritual father that's listening to this podcast, um, my heart is the same as John's. I just want anybody that, um, you know, benefits or partakes of the things that we release on Transforming Truth or Mavericks and Misfits or from the local church that I help lead called Antioch Outpost. I just, I just want to know that you're walking in truth and I want to, I want to have that deep satisfaction that whatever I can release into your life will better equip you to walk in truth and walk in love and walk in deeper relationship with uh, God's son. That's kind of it for me. Um, there's so much more that needs to be done in the kingdom than what I just described to you. But that's just kind of the lane that God has given me. And so I like to help people in their own journey. Um, there's a lot of different types of leaders in the kingdom. And we should benefit from as many different types as makes sense. Um, there are leaders who will recruit you and equip you and train you and pour into you so that you can help facilitate their vision, their calling from God. And um, there are a lot of godly men and women that can do that. There are other men and women in in the kingdom, or at least superficially in the kingdom, that will use you for their vision. Uh, They don't really care about what your calling is or your your journey's about. They're like, hey, my vision's what's happening, and get on board with mine. Uh, Those are the kind of ones that, you know, I'm praying God exposes, especially if any of you are under that kind of leader, because that's not the best that the Lord has for you. Um, There is something about stepping into the fullness of who you are and why you are. And when you begin to recognize those things and walk those things out for the glory of Jesus, that's where the Christian life actually becomes three-dimensional. Otherwise, it's just kind of going through the motions. But when you start really understanding who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and then who God and Jesus and Holy Spirit are to you, It's not that they're different to you than they are to everybody else. They are who they are. But in the revelation of um, what you're perceiving by the Spirit um, concerning who Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, um, they, they reveal to you the aspects of the, the depths of the Trinity. And they, they, they really empower us to walk out who they say they are. And it's going to look very different in your life at times than it will in mine. 
And one of the dangers of the kingdom is that we get revelation about who God is because God reveals a part of who he is to us. Maybe it's a very crucial part. Maybe we have high level revelation on this thing. But if you're not careful, you'll run with that as if that is all that God is. You'll hear something that he sings very powerfully to you and you'll run with it thinking that is all that God is saying. You'll experience a gift, a spiritual enablement, an endowment. The Greek word is charisma, the charisma of God, the gifts, the grace gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you'll say, ah, this powerful gift so mightily used of God in my life is the gift. This is all that people need to experience. And that's one of the dangers that um, I've observed over, you know, walking with the Lord for a while. I've observed that people get get revelation on something or get empowered by a specific gift or they see something. And what they do is they inflate that aspect, that singular facet of the immeasurable identity and ways of God. They'll inflate it and they'll say, this is who he is. This is what he says. This is what he's doing. And they do that and they obscure everything else that he is. And they ignore everything else that he says. And they remain ignorant of all the other things he's doing. So one of the beauties of coming into greater depths of maturity in the spirit is that you recognize that you are only a single strand of the, the DNA of the body of Christ. You're just a, you're just a tiny strand of it that the infinite, immeasurable, unfathomable God cannot be reduced to just what you have experienced, what you have been given revelation on, or, um, you know, what you have, um, you know, seen in the scriptures. The reason why I'm saying that is because I think this is a season in the body of Christ where wisdom, I would put wisdom and faith, like holding hands at the top of our prayer list, our own personal intercession and petition for God, for our own walks. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me revelation. Lord, make me wise in who you are, how you are, and how you want me to respond to the revelation you give me. Um, Wisdom only comes to those who slow down. I want you to get that. Wisdom only comes to those who will slow down. You will not get wisdom if you do not embrace slowing down and listening, um, intentional rest before the Lord, humility, and silence. A lot of people will never become wise simply because they never stop talking. Let me give you something. You're never learning when you're talking. (laughs) You only learn when you're listening. And a lot of people are so addicted to speaking for God. And it's usually, in my experience, people I run with, they're saying great stuff for God. But what eventually happens is you will say everything you know. And you're not learning more. And so you you end up recycling stuff that you had revelation on, and that revelation is still real, insights, illumination, revelation, whatever word you're comfortable with. Um, but if you're not getting fresh wisdom, if you're not hearing God for today, 
if you're not walking in what he's saying now, it's probably because you're not slowing down, you're not listening, and you're still talking. Um, I find in my life there there's an internal oh, dashboard light, you know, that red light on your dashboard that says, hey, you've got an issue with your vehicle. I've got one of those in my spirit. And when I realize that I'm falling into patterns of um, just hearing the same thing, speaking the same thing, and really just walking out the same thing, it's usually um, that flashing light on my spiritual dashboard. And it's saying, why don't you pull over, look under the hood, because there's an issue that needs to be corrected. And almost invariably, it's because I'm going too fast. I haven't taken the, the intentional prolonged rest that I need. And I'm just talking too much and not listening enough. You know, one of the passages of scripture that got me early uh, in my journey with Jesus was the 119th Psalm. I know I've mentioned, I think I have anyway, mentioned the 119th Psalm on our podcast uh, multiple times. And if, if I have opportunity to influence young Christians or new Christians, maybe they're not... Uh, Age-wise, they're not young, but they're young in the Lord. I, I like to point them to read repeatedly the entire 119th Psalm. It's the longest passage of Scripture in the Bible, the longest chapter, if you want to call it a chapter. And the 119th Psalm, um, I think there's like 150 verses in it. The 119th Psalm, all but maybe three or four of the 150-something verses that are in the 119th Psalm, all of them are about the word of the Lord and the wisdom that comes from God's word. And I remember just getting captivated by Psalm 119 early on in my journey and just getting it pounded into me. I mean, it probably wasn't even a pounding. It was more like a incision um, where the Holy Spirit just kind of stuffed in my spirit the need for me to be in the scriptures. And there's actually like 175 verses. There's a ton of verses in Psalm 119. I guess I could open my Bible and check, but I think it's like 175 verses. And all but maybe three or four of them are, are talking about God's word. It's God's word on God's word. But one of the verses that, that captivated me early was verse 99, Psalm 119, 99. Um, and I'm going to read some surrounding verses to it. And I just want you to hear this. The younger you are, the more I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to read. And it doesn't mean if you're not young that you can tune out because it's, it's, a, it's an eternal verse. It, it applies to me today at 53 years old, the same way it did when I first read it at 24 years old. Um, but now I get it more. It, it was an invitation when I first read it as a brand new Christian at age 24. Now it's um, still an invitation, but it's also a declaration over how God has framed up my life over the years. And so just listen to these verses, okay? And this is the psalmist writing about his Bible, the Torah, the law of God. And he says, oh, Psalm 119.97, oh, how I love your law. You know, that groan, that ah. Oh, it's that, that, that expression of, of longing or delight that has, doesn't really have a word. It's a sound. It's, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. 
And here's verse 98. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. And then verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Okay, I just want you to latch on to this with me. This was the testimony of the psalmist. He said, God's word had made him wiser than his enemies, had given him more understanding than all his teachers, and had also resulted in him understanding more than the aged. Um, Pretty intense words there. And the younger you are, the more you need to hear this in the form of an invitation. Because I'm going to ask you just a question. Do you want to be wiser than your enemies, than anyone who's ever taught you, and those that are much older than you? Would you like to be wiser than them? It's not a competition kind of spirit. It's an invitation. God, I believe, through his word, will meet those that hunger for his wisdom with such grand deposits of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God that you will find yourself, no matter how young you are, becoming wiser than those that have taught you. Becoming, this is a good one, wiser than your enemies, those that have made an enemy out of you, those that are fighting you, those that are seeking your harm or destruction or who have devalued you. Do you want to be wiser than them? Do you want to operate in that kind of warfare with the wisdom of God? And do you want to be able to say, never in a boastful way, but in a very aware and declarative way, I am wiser than the aged. Now, I don't know how you feel with me asking you questions like that, but it's in the Bible for a reason, right? It can't be wrong. It can't be like badly motivated. I'm sure some people could use these verses with bad motivation, but the verses themselves are expressing this um, testimony without arrogance that the psalmist is saying, I am wiser than those that oppose me. I have become wiser than all those who taught me. I'm wiser than the older people around me. Um, in the last year, I'm not going to name his name. He listens to the podcast, and so he may know who he is. But um, I got connected with a guy who's become a good friend, and uh, he's 30. Like, literally, when we hang out, I'm like, dude, I'm old enough to be your dad, but I feel like he's a peer. And the thing that has stood out to me about him uh, more than anything is the amount of wisdom he has at age 30. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, but it's also very powerful and it did not come to him accidentally. It wasn't some sovereign deposit that just made him wise, regardless of what he did. He has been pursuing God since he was more than half his life, been just going hard after the Lord, going hard after the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, going hard after what the word says, and then using the wisdom he's had along the way, which has birthed more wisdom. 
And he's been opposed. He's been fought. He's been made an enemy by those who did not seek his good. And he's wiser than all of them. And he wins those battles. He stays humble. Um, he's, he's wiser than those who have taught him in previous years. And he's wiser than those that are much older than him. Now, I'm not saying he's Solomon or anything, and he's the wisest man that ever lived. But what I'm saying is he's 30 years old. When I'm around him, he's got my ear. I like to listen to him. I'll ask his opinion. I value his input. We'll get on the phone and we'll talk about the kingdom stuff and ministry and what God's saying and what God's doing. And we process with each other. And let me tell you, I like him as a person, but I like a lot of people. But I don't get on the phone with a lot of people and say, let me hear wisdom on this. It's because wisdom is rare. If you have wisdom and if you prioritize wisdom, you're rare. Most people just, most people are like, yeah, I'd love to have wisdom, but they aren't willing to do what it takes to become wise. And that's not a slight. I'm just saying this is my observation. It doesn't mean they're terrible Christians. It just means they're operating at a pretty average level of wisdom, a superficial wisdom that, you know, pretty much any redeemed person can get just by casually studying the scriptures. Look, you read the scriptures casually and you do it consistently. You're going to become wiser than most people. Because you, you'll be getting some level of the wisdom of God in you. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person that woke up one day and said, I have to have the wisdom of God guiding my life every day. I need to know what God thinks. I need to hear what God has said. I need to have understanding about the ways of God because I don't want to lean to my own understanding. And a person that no longer trusts in his or her own understanding will be driven to the throne of God so they may receive understanding from him. And so when I read Psalm 119, you know, verse 99 back in the day, I was a young man. I was 24 years old. And I said, I want to have more understanding than all my teachers. And I'll let you wrestle with whether or not you think that's a good thing to say or not. But I said it. I, I want to be wise because the Bible just told me that it's possible for me to be wise beyond my years. So I started making wisdom a pursuit at a young age. And I didn't just, you know, for me, I'm in Psalm 119. And I knew by having, I had read 98 verses before <laughs> verse 99. And all of those verses were saying over and over again in a hundred different ways. The word of God is the source of wisdom. The word of God is the source of wisdom. The word of God is the source of wisdom. So by the time I got to verse number 99, I'm like, oh, that's how you become wiser than all your teachers. That's how you have more understanding than all those that taught you. That's how you, that's how you become wiser than your enemies where your enemies can't win. And that's how you can have greater wisdom than people that have been maybe in the kingdom longer than you who didn't prioritize wisdom. Like it's all right there. And I said, God, I want to be that man. I'd lived like a fool for so long that I no longer wanted to. And I had learned by horrible examples I had set and the things I had done and the terrible things I believed as a lost man. I'm like, hey, on my own, I'm an idiot. On my own, I'm a fool. On my own, I'm reprobate. And Jesus, I don't want to live my Christian life apart from you guiding me into wisdom and understanding and truth. And friend, I want to leave that with you. Like who's guiding you? Dead serious question. 
who is actively guiding you. I'm not asking even who your pastor is or, you know, what podcast you listen to and, you know, what you're I'm saying, I'm like, is the Holy Spirit leading you? Do you know what he's saying? Do you want to? Because some people are like, oh, no, man, I've never heard the Holy Spirit. I don't I don't really know how to do that. And then when I ask, is the Holy Spirit leading you? They're like, oh, no, he's not. And they want to run away. No, no, no. If you're not sure that you're being led by the Holy Spirit, you're being informed by the Holy Spirit, you're being instructed by the Spirit through the word, you're gaining wisdom in your spirit. If you're not sure of that, the, the goal is not to drive you away in shame because you haven't arrived yet. The goal is to say, wake up and start getting like intentional about becoming wise. And here's the reason why. Because you can. You can actually be a wise Christian. You can actually operate with spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know, do you remember when Paul opened up the book of Colossians and he opened up with an amazing prayer? I love the prayer of Paul in Colossians 1. He had said that when he had first heard about the Christians in the city of Colossae, he said in Colossians 1.9, he said, from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you. So the Apostle Paul said, we've been praying for you since the day we heard that you guys had experienced salvation. And he said, this is what we're asking. And note this, this was the Apostle's prayer for the Christians at Colossae. He says, we're praying. I'm asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Isn't that incredible? Uh, Paul did not say, I'm praying that you'll get the gift of tongues. I'm praying that you'll have like really, really strong miracles, signs and wonders. Paul did not say, I, I'm praying that you'll get busy for the Lord and go evangelize the, um, you know, the Decapolis and the 10 cities and take the gospel and go on mission works. All those things are great, but that's not what he prayed for them. He said, here's what I'm praying for you guys, that you will be filled, filled with the knowledge of God's will. What does God will? What does God want? What does God say? What has God declared? What does God decree? Paul says, I'm praying you'll be filled with a knowledge of that. You need to know some things. And he says, and I want it to come through spiritual wisdom and understanding. I'm just marked by his, his prayer. You know, I mean, it was a lot to write a letter and send a letter to a church back in the day. We fire off an email without a second thought in our day. But man, they had to, Paul had to, he had to recite it. He had somebody writing it for him as he recited it. Uh, scrolls and ink and everything to write it were very costly and rare in those days. Then somebody had to hand deliver that letter. So every word in his letters was really important. There was nothing wasted. And this is what Paul says, and he's praying. Listen, the prayer of Paul for the Christians at Colossae is the prayer of Jesus for you and me, that we would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So it's available. And remember when I said just a few moments ago, I said, wisdom doesn't come to those who won't slow down. Most people won't slow down enough to even think, am I wise? Do I have spiritual understanding? Or am I going off of, you know, something different, something less? Am I living by common sense? Am I living, living by science? Am I living by religion? Am I living by, you know, routine methods, churchianity? 
Am I living just off of activity? And my calendar's filled, so I must be doing something right. Well, maybe, maybe not. But you got to slow down. This is the right season to do it. We're winding up a year. This is where I get incredibly, every year, I've done this for 20 years, I get very introspective at the end of the year. And I'm saying, what's the condition of my spirit? What's the condition of my heart? What's the condition of the things that God says are most important that pertain to my life? And am I operating in wisdom and spiritual understanding? Because the prayer of Jesus is that I would be filled with that. So guess what? I can be. I and you can be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we might walk worthy. That's verse 10 of Colossians 1. So to walk in a manner worthy of God, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Like we can't be fruitful if we're not wise. We can be accidentally popping off some fruit here and there, but that's not the abiding in the vine to bring forth fruit. Like I don't want to accidentally do some good. I want to intentionally bring forth fruit that is healthy. Some of us are addicted to quantity over quality. The more I do, the faster I go, the longer I spend, you know, and, and we assume that quantity is really what the Lord's after. I don't believe that. I believe the Lord will produce greater levels of quantity when we prioritize quality. And so it's not just about, you know, planting a field. It's about planting a field in the right soil. So you got to take care of the soil before the seed even goes in. Then when the seed goes in, you got to take care of the root and the shoot and the blossom and then the crop. Like that's just how it works. And it's not a matter of just plowing bigger, massive amounts of acreage, throwing as much seed as we can out there, hoping it brings forth fruit. That's sloppy. And I think, I just believe this. I'm, 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 when I was praying about this podcast episode, I, I was asking God, you know, Lord, who's this for? And I kept seeing 20 somethings and 30 somethings. And I, I, I want to be able to, gosh, I wish I could just sit down to face to face and pour into 20 somethings and 30 somethings on a regular basis. I get to do a little bit of that at Caneo, but and a little bit at the church, but I, Amy and I used to host 20 and 30 somethings, really 20 somethings in our home. Man, we miss those days. It was a different season of life. But to be able to say to those in their 20s and 30s, hey, will you, will you just slow down a little bit? Will, will you make the effort to become wise? Will you ask God for understanding? Will you risk not being as busy, not being as servant-oriented, a lot of servants out there, it's a very fine line sometimes between being a servant of the Lord and a slave to religious duty. Watch yourself. And, and just be able to say, God, am I operating in wisdom? If you're married, am I operating in wisdom as a spouse, as a husband or a wife? If you've got kids, Lord, is this me or is this your wisdom? Lord, how come my one child is so different than the other child and the things that work with this child don't work with this child? And Lord, I've got my plan. This is how I parent. And the Lord just like, hey, actually, they're two completely different spiritual beings. And what you did with one is not going to work with the other. So why don't you ask me for wisdom and I'll give it to you? Well, Lord, I'm busy. I just need you to bless the plan that I used. And I feel like it's the right plan. Lord's like, I'm, I'm offering you wisdom for the unique individual that this, uh, this child is in your life. 
and you're looking for me to endorse a formula that you've previously used and this that wisdom won't work with this child like it gets down to the nitty-gritty like that and like you can have wisdom than everybody in your office you can be smarter like you can have more understanding at work than your boss (laughs) a lot of you do Um, I try to hire people that are smarter than me I, I, I want people that are better than me at things that I'm not good at. And eventually I like to pass the torch to somebody who's better than me at the things I am good at. Cause that's when I know I've done my job, but what does that take? It takes wisdom. So you can have more wisdom and understanding than all of those that have taught you and trained you at work. You better stay humble with it, but you can have it and you should want it. You can be a better employee than those that hired you go after it for the glory of God. You can, you can become more skilled. You can become more studied. You can become wiser. You can take spiritual wisdom that God gives you and you can employ it in what we consider secular matters. Like the wisdom of God is welcome to go to work with you. You need it there. You don't have to go around and quote Bible verses every time you employ wisdom on a project or a task that you're given or dealing with customers, but, but you can carry that way. God wants you to. Like it's wrong not to, it's wrong to go into work and, you know, leave your Christianity in your car in the parking lot, (laughs) bring Holy spirit into the workplace with you. It's not about walking around the workplace, talking in tongues and laying hands on people. That'll probably get you fired. Okay. That's not what I'm advocating here. I'm not telling you to go there and be the weirdo. Um, I'm, what I'm telling you is like, bring the Holy spirit with you and, and release his wisdom in the craft and in the mission of where you work. He'll anoint it and he'll bless it and you'll probably get promoted. You'll probably get favored. And even if you don't, you ought to do it anyway. And then you hear me quote Ephesians 1.17 all the time, right? That was another prayer of Paul. That the Ephesian Christians would have the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. The Bible talks a lot about you needing wisdom. And if I can give you one practical thing and then I'm going to sign off. You're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to make space for God to get the wisdom in you. Like everybody puts their car in park when they need to refuel. And it's the same way in the spirit, man. When you need to be filled, when your tank is close to empty, you're going to have to put yourself in park and just sit there. Like it doesn't mean you're twiddling your thumbs. It means you're abiding, you're praying. You're not trying to pour out something that hasn't been poured in. We don't need more noise. We don't need more sermons. We don't need more podcasts. We need better. We need better sermons. We need better podcasts. We need better witnesses, better songs. Quantity, I think we got plenty. Quality, there's a deficiency. And so I charge you as a follower of Jesus, pursue wisdom. It's fine if you don't know how. That's where you start. Lord, I need wisdom about pursuing wisdom. God, here I am. I don't think I'm wise on my own, Lord. I don't think I have what it takes on my own. I don't think I can actually live the life that Jesus died to provide for me in my own wisdom, and I'm tired of trying. And so, Lord, I'm going to make it a commitment right now to enter into a season of pursuing you and expecting that your ways, your word, your will, even your works will come to me in wisdom and understanding so that I'm not trapped by my generational age 
Like young is not synonymous with stupid or foolish. Break that, break that stereotype. Be young and wise. Be young and humble. Be young and submissive. Be young and a learner. And if you'll be submissive and humble, you'll become wise as a learner. And then you will be able to literally become wiser than those who have taught you. But it's not going to happen on accident. So go hard after this thing. May God the Spirit so fill Gen Z and young millennials. May do it for us all, but I'm thinking Gen Z and young millennials. May you guys be so filled with wisdom that everybody who watches your generation says this is the generation that we can entrust the stewardship of the most important things in the kingdom to as they grow. I'm all for it, guys. I know my time. I've got fewer years ahead of me than I do behind me. I don't think I'm going to live to be 106 years old. If I do, I just hope I can get around and do what I'm called to do. But chances are, I don't know, i got maybe 35 years, something like that. I don't know. And, um, man, I want to be able to pass that baton to people that are radically on fire for the Son of God and operating in wisdom and revelation. That's today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Mavericks and Misfits. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.